Broadcasting from Manhattan Beach and the World Wide Web, you're listening to CHSR, HealthyLife.net. As a service to our listeners, this program is for general information and entertainment purposes only. CHSR, HealthyLife.net does not recommend, endorse, or object to the views, products, or topics expressed or discussed by show hosts or their guests. We suggest you always consult with your own personal, medical, financial, or legal advisor. Welcome to Mary Ann Live. I am so glad you are here. You are in the right place today. If you are interested in men cheating, cheating in relationships, relationships in general, oh my gosh, yes, there is a lot to discuss today. Um, And we're going to do it right after we do our practice together, which is what we do if you're joining us for the first time you're like what are we doing what are we doing we're just going to breathe we're going to arrive we're going to land and get presents so we can receive our guest robert weiss's gift today our author who's joining us who's written a a fantastic book for all of us out of the doghouse a step-by-step relationship saving guide for men caught cheating so let's just land and take a moment and Notice the transition from whatever you were doing to what you're doing now, which is just getting here. Finding your breath in your body. Notice how your breath is breathing you, the quality of your breath. Yeah, just letting your nervous system settle. It's really simple act of bringing ourselves into this present moment and just noticing what's happening. You don't need to judge it unless that feels great. (laughs) Just being aware. Here's me. Here's my breath. (sighs) Yeah, those in-between times. It can be so healing and grounding. And so the next thing I would invite you to do is to find some portal to cultivate gratitude. Yeah, not the cliche type, the actual gratitude. (laughs) One where, oh my gosh, I'm so grateful I get to take a breath in and out. I'm so grateful for fill in the blank. And I generally like to ask folks to consider the following question. Who helped make it possible for you to do what you're doing right now? Right? The food in your belly the clothes you're wearing, the relationship support you're getting. Just grateful that you can contemplate the complexities of life, whatever it is. Go ahead and go down the list of who helped it make possible, whatever it is you're focusing on right now, and see if you can expand that experience of gratitude. I'm going to go down the list of folks who make this program possible. Top three are honorary sponsor, OneWorldChildrensFund.org. If you're online, they're uniting people to improve the lives of children affected by poverty. At the national level, we have the National Action Organization. 
committed to changing the way our culture values each other. And at the local level here in Northern California, we've got the Open Secret Bookstore. Uh, they've got the latest in meditation and revelation. Uh, check them out if you're here and you like bookstores. Some of us like actually holding a book. I like the smell of books. I like turning the pages. I like the art on the front of the book. I like all of it. And, uh, yeah, check them out online, opensecretbookstore.com. They've been around for about 30 years. And so there it is. Are you feeling grateful? Are you having a hard time getting grateful? Is your relationship infidelity causing your uh, gratitude meter to diminish here? Not to worry at all. We have an expert here with us today, Robert Weiss who's written really an extraordinary book called Out of the Doghouse, a step-by-step guide actually for men uh, who have been caught cheating and how to find their way back not only into understanding the cheating behavior, but how do we reconnect with our partner. Um, If you're a man and if you're a woman, it's a fantastic book. I so enjoyed reading it. I wished I'd had it. When I was 11, <laughs> I think that was my first experience with infidelity. I'm just saying. I started early. It was my dad. I was in love with my dad, and he was cheating on my mom. And I, I would have, I would have been so helpful with their relationship, but I had this book. Anyway, joining us today, uh, Robert Weiss. Uh, he's a digital age intimacy and relationship expert, specializing in infidelity and addictions, in particular sex pornography and love addiction, and he's uh, been internationally acknowledged uh, as a clinician who's served as a subject for multiple media outlets, including the Oprah Winfrey Network, the New York Times, and he's the author of several highly regarded books um, and the senior vice president of the National Clinical Development for Elements, uh, Elements Behavioral Health, yeah, creating and overseeing addictions and mental health treatment programs for more than a dozen high-end treatment facility, facilities. Um, and he's joining us today to talk about his new book, um, which is, you know, big question for all of us. Why don't men get it about cheating? Why do they think it's okay? And uh, women say, you know, what hurts the most is the lying, the manipulating, and the secrecy that ine- that it inevitably requires. Or why get married is what my question is. Why just just have sex with people who want to have sex with you and leave it, you know. Well, there are good reasons, and Robert's going to talk with us about those this hour and what we can do to heal. Welcome to the program, Robert. We're so glad you're here. Glad to be here. Yeah, so, geez, what a big topic, and that you tackled this topic and did it so well. It makes me, it begs the question, uh, were you yourself a cheater, or how is it that you got involved in this this conversation? Well, well let me just say, first of all, Marion, that I do we have to talk about cheating in my book? I mean, I was so into the relaxation. <laughs> I, I know, and I was, right? Oh, this feels good, and I'm becoming <laughs> present, and I'm thinking about who has really supported me. All that brings up some sadness for me, but I can handle that sadness. You know, I'm in all of that, and all of a sudden we're talking about cheating, and I'm thinking about the women out there who want to kill him. Right now, exactly. They're like, breathing? Yes, I'm breathing heavily right, right with now. Right, a knife in my hand. <laughs> and I'm so grateful who helped me craft this knife. Right. <laughs> I'm going to go slash his tires and I'll get I'm back I'm so grateful he ruined my life. Right? <laughs> exactly. Oh, my goodness. Uh, so, so well, I, I do want to answer your question. Yeah, uh, my expertise um, for 
I've spent 25 years working in sex, porn, and relationship addictions, and I was dealing with those issues before the Internet. So I used to have men and women who would get caught up in really problem patterns of sexual behavior, not offending, but just, you know, porn or affairs or just really having to do with their problems as a person. And uh, and then that all exploded when the Internet showed up, and all of a sudden, you know, for the last 25 years, I this is my eighth book I've been writing about digital media, sexuality, addiction, porn addiction, all those things. But, you know, as you can all imagine, as somebody who sees somebody who has a lot of referrals related to unhappy relationships that are unhappy because of infidelity, mm-hmm. um, I've probably seen on more unfaithful couples than most therapists I know. And, um, you know, I see them again and again. And my focus is usually not healing the infidelity so much as, you know, helping the person stop their behavior. But... Um, but boy, have I seen a lot of infidelity. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that means I have seen every imaginable iteration of what does not work mm-hmm. when a couple is trying to heal infidelity. And I have to say that, that 90% of the first uh, round of what doesn't work goes to the guys. They, they get the win. They screw it up most of the time. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and by the way, I suppose I did, it's not like women don't cheat. You know women cheat. I know women cheat. Mm-hmm. Um, I think women may be better at it. They may cheat for other reasons. But men... But, um, but women are much more also often looking to see if a guy is being faithful. So men are much more often discover cheating. And certainly in my office, that's who shows up more often is the guy who is, as I would say, wife-referred. All <laughs> <laughs> right. Makes so I do this because I have just, I've seen so many unfaithful couples who don't want to end the relationship. And I really believe, come to believe that many couples who enter the crisis of infidelity, no matter who throws that, the male or the female partner, or, you know, if they're queer, then the male, male, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, most long-term partnerships don't really want to end over infidelity. Um, you know, couples have so much going on when they've been together for a while. They may, you know, I'm not saying it's going to make their relationship happy or it's going to be better, or, you know. But just the idea of, like, destroying your life, taking apart your home and your happiness and everything and maybe kids and everything because someone has cheated isn't always the first reason that someone comes to therapy, Um Often, I think women who've been cheated on come in saying, like, I think a Mack truck, truck just hit me, but I didn't get the number of that truck. You know? mm-hmm, yeah. And, like, what just happened to me? Mm-hmm. And so um, I really wanted to give women a sense of what does happen to them when they get cheated on. And even more importantly, what are men thinking about and not thinking about when they choose to do that? Mm-hmm. Well, I appreciate that, that backdrop. Uh, if you're just joining us, you are in the right place. Robert Weiss, he's written a new book for us, Out of the Doghouse, a step-by-step relationship-saving guide for men caught cheating. Um, you said something that that sort of like piqued my interest, and that is this, this sense of that we think the problem begins when the man is caught cheating, right? Typically that's when they come to your office. But there is, I think, oh, well, let me ask you this. What is the cultural normative uh, related to the idea of infidelity? What does it even mean to be faithful? Are we monogamous creatures? Like, let's go in that direction first, and then we'll move Whoa. forward. Just because I, okay. I'm just saying. Well, I can knock the bio. That, actually, I can knock the biology out in two seconds. That's okay. an easy conversation. Okay. Um, I don't think it matters whether we're being, we are biologic, my opinion. I don't think it matters in this case, our conversation, cheating in a committed relationship. Mm-hmm. I don't think it matters how you're biologically wired. 
I mean, I'm going to talk about that and how I think men miss the meaning of infidelity to their spouse, female spouses and what women are thinking about commitment versus men. We can talk about that. Mm-hmm. But the bottom line is it's about commitment. You know, I mean, if I'm in business, you and I are in business, and I'm selling your widgets, you know, mm-hmm. and I go across town and I need some other person who says, oh, I've got great widgets and you're selling them for her, would you sell them for me too? Just don't tell her. Mm-hmm. Well, if I wanted to cheat on you as a business person and just try to make as much money as I could, I guess I could do that. Mm-hmm. But most often I think a man would say, and maybe many women, you know, I, I like the person I'm working for and I don't want to get sued and I want to mm-hmm. keep my job, and so I'm not going to lie and break the business agreement or contract I've mm-hmm. made to do better over there. That's right. But for some reason, it seems like when it comes to relationship commitments, and especially when a man makes a commitment to a woman for marital fidelity, which is not necessarily a requirement, but it is a commitment that some people make. And so if you make that commitment, how come it's okay to say, oh, well, it was just a budge. Oh, it was just a trip to Vegas. Oh, you wouldn't say that in business. You wouldn't say, oh, well, I just cheated on you and stole half your money. But, you know, really, I'm a good employee. So... Well, how, I think the question is what you're, the one you're asking, the one that fascinates me, is how do men end up feeling like they have permission in their minds to break a, a, a very important agreement that they made with a woman that she believes that he's going to keep? And yet, in most of their circumstances, I believe that same man wouldn't break a commitment that he'd made, especially if he made it to a man um, or to a business situation. So the question is, in my mind, how is he looking? How, how does he think of that woman? Does he think of her as being someone, well, she's just a woman? Does he think it doesn't really mean as much? It was just part of that ceremony. doesn't really mean that. I mean, what is he thinking about her and their contract when he says, well, forget the whole thing. I'm just going to do what I want to do. Yeah. Um, so so mean, what is he thinking? <laughs> no, I know, well, you know what, the book is about that, with, so it's not, I not you want a fair question. Yeah, well, right. As somebody has dealt with, and as I said, for 25 years, you know, re- really the, the depths and down and dirty of infidelity, the really, really troubled people are being unfaithful. Um, I don't think that someone who just, and I don't mean just for anyone who has a broken heart, but when I say just, I'm talking about, I work with people who, you know, have five affairs and they're looking at porn for 12 hours a day. And, you know, some of my folks have really profound problems. But someone who's had an affair, someone who has... Uh, you know, stopped off at a massage parlor a couple of times and thought that their spouse wouldn't, it wouldn't matter to them or, you know, someone who's, let's say, gotten away with a couple of experiences outside the relationship. Um, I didn't want to call that person pathological. You know, I didn't want to say that there was something mentally wrong with that person. So how do I view that person, the cheater, the man who cheats? What do I call him? What do we, what do we say about him? And my word, and I like this word, I'm sticking with it, is immature. Because I like the word immature for a man who cheats because, number one, it implies growth, that he can change, that he can become more mature and more aware of his responsibilities and not necessarily to the again. And if you think about it, you know, if I'm a seven-year-old and I go in the kitchen and I say, oh, Mom's got some cookies. <laughs> Mom, can I have some cookies? And Mom says, no, those are for after dinner. And then I say, okay. And then when Mom's out of the kitchen, I take three cookies and bring them back to my room. Um, and then later on, Mom says, what happened to those cookies? I thought there were seven. And I said, no idea. Well, that's what seven-year-olds do. crumbs all over your face and you're just... Yeah, there's crumbs on the way to the bedroom, there's crumbs on the bed. But it doesn't matter. The kid's going to say, you know, because the kid's going to say, I didn't do it. Yeah. And I understand that a seven-year-old will say, you know, I know, Mom, that you didn't... You you told me not to do something that I want to do, and I agreed to not do it. But then I went and did it anyway because it looks so yummy. Because children are fairly immature. They don't necessarily have the same kind of impulse control. Mm -hmm. They don't necessarily think about how it's going to affect Mom when she needs the cookies for dinner and there are other kids who want it. He just wants that cookie. 
And when he matures, hopefully, when he's 19 and coming back from college, she says, Mom, there's some cookies. Can I have some? And she says, no, they're for dinner. And he says, okay, and he doesn't. Or if he does, he says, no, Mom, I'm just going to take one. And, I, you know, there's communication. There's an understanding as an older person that he can't just go do what he wants to do, and it will have an effect on others. And that's a more mature relationship. Mm-hmm. So the guy says, you know, yeah, we made this agreement to monogamy, and I know you're important to me, and I know you may be hanging there our whole lives, but hey, I'll just do this once and you won't know about it. That's a very immature decision. Mm-hmm. That's basically saying, hey, what I want, I'm going to get, when I want it, how I want it, and I'm not going to tell you this going to get me in trouble. And so basically I'm going to try to get what I want and get away with it. Mm-hmm. And that's what seven-year-olds do. Yeah. So we could say that men turn into seven-year-olds around the possibility of casual sex. Or, or a fast affair. I mean, that would be one way to look at it. Um, but I do think it's particularly immature on the part of a man to do that. And, and immaturity implies he doesn't understand what it means to do it. Yeah, and uh, understanding commitment, understanding fidelity, all those things that we stand up and say before the world and everyone and agree to. What does that say about our ability to be in an integrity with the spoken word when it comes to something like marriage. That, that was sort of also part of my question. Have we just decided words don't matter and we're just going to do what we want to do? Now we're big children in the big play yard, right? I can eat the cookies. It's, just, it's implied that it's just what men do. Well, I, I think it's what immature men do. Um, I think what a man who has awareness of how it might hurt his partner, I mean, when you say awareness, you know, you talk, briefly, Marianne, about, like, concepts, you know, uh, fidelity and honor and integrity. And I wrote this in the book. I think the, the concept of integrity, for example, is a very important one for a man. Um, it particularly defines who we are in the world and how we see ourselves. Uh, you know, our word matters. All of our words matter. But I think for a man in particular who don't have the same our community and friendships and family connections that often women do, um, we have to lot, rely a lot more on how we present in the world in certain ways for our self-esteem. And um, so, you know, if a man doesn't value his own word, um, what has he got? Mm-hmm. And uh, but, but anyway, back to your question. Sorry, I wanted to say something about that. It's, to me, it's not about concepts like um, honor and fidelity and integrity, and those are important, but it's secondary to what he doesn't understand. Is he going to devastate this woman that he's involved with? Mm-hmm. I mean, and this is, I think, part of what's useful to understand is that men and women think about sex differently. Duh. <laughs> Anybody wants to contradict me, feel free to write me. I know there are feminists out there who say, no, men and women are exactly the same whenever they want to be. No, we're not. What? Well, we're let, me, let me just jump in there on behalf of probably all feminists, and I can hear them holding, for holding their breath. Not that I'm a spokesperson for feminism, because there's so many men that That's are feminists today. But let's just be fair and say that it's not black or white, that the expectation is is that there's some of both, that we have access to more of a range than, you know, the, the all-or-nothing story. I think we're built differently. Uh, I think we have penises and you don't. I think our voices drop and yours go up. I mean, I think we're built differently. And since every part of our brain, every part of our body is different, basically, I refuse to believe, based on all the research that I've read, and I don't think you could find much proof differently, that when men and women think differently about sex, come home. All right. Well, um, those cows are on their way home. We're going to break. We'll see how far they get. You and I can duke it out during the break. And, and we should talk about that. That's yeah, the whole point. Of course we should. When we come back, that's what we're going to do. Great. More here Great. with Robert Weiss right now. We're going to break. Don't touch that dial. We'll be right back.
I don't want to date anymore. What? Did you break up again? You said he's perfect. Well, I don't blame you. My last date lasted two minutes at a speed dating event. Are you still looking for the one? There are millions of singles looking for soulmates. Actually, drama-free love. Worry no more. Nine international relationship experts collaborated to bring you secrets to drama-free love. Proven solutions that singles use to help them find, catch, and keep the right relationship. Get your copy of Secrets to Drama-Free Love at Amazon.com now. We've ordered No More Love Life Drama for Us. Hi, everybody. I'm relationship expert and radio talk show host Marianne Camarado. And I'm David Raynaud. We want to talk to you for a minute about the changing world of dating and relationships and how self-inquiry can help. Honey, did you know that 44% of the U.S. population is single and over 50% end in divorce? Yet, we spend an average of one-third of our lives trying to find a great relationship or get help with the ones we already have. Yep, that's exactly why we created the first ever of its kind, the Great Relationships Begin Within Self-Inquiry Divination Deck, because we know what it takes to attract and create a healthy, fulfilling, sustainable relationship. And it's really simple. Sit quietly, close your eyes, turn your attention inward, and draw a card. You can go online right now and get a free reading on Marianne Live and try out the cards. And for under $20, what better way to give yourself a gift of your own attention? We wish you every blessing. We'll see you next time. Check out MarianneLive.com. Okay, so you have a couple of days off, and you're planning to get away from stress. You may be planning to go across the world or even taking a staycation around town. Well, Hotels.com can get you a room in over 158,000 hotels, 60 countries, for 50% off. That's reducing stress already. Plus, collect 10 nights, and you'll get one night free. And there's no cancellation charges, no change fees. For the best deals, even last-minute deals, visit HealthyLife.net's advertiser page and click on Hotels.com. Music, information, and friends. HealthyLife.net. All right, everybody. Welcome back to Marianne Live. Are you breathing? Are you breathing heavily? Are you, are you mad as hell? You want to know why men cheat? Yeah, that's why you're here. We're so excited you're here. Don't worry. We're going to get to that. And in the meantime, you got to go online and get a copy of Robert's book because it will be the thing that will stay in your purse. You're going to hand it out. You're going to leave it at people's houses. You're going to put it under It's true. It's true. You're like, look, there is a solution. Because the thing is, this is, you know, the billion-dollar question here about men and what we talked about a little bit right before we went to break is sort of the bigger picture, pulling that microscope out, looking at how men and women are wired. Robert, you say, look, at men and women are just wired different. So let's continue down that track, and then we'll get into sort of the solution and unpacking some of the other bits. But let's finish that thought because it's critical. So what the research shows on human sexuality is very simple. When a woman, when a man, when you show a man porn, and this is how the studies go. This might interest you. They study genitalia, you know, whether there's blood flow. So that tells you if someone's aroused or not. So when you show a man porn, you can see through blood flow that he is aroused. And then you ask him how he feels. And in test after test, he says, I think I want to jump on top of that thing. That looks really good to me. I'm really horny. That looks, in other words, he moves to feeling aroused and excited and wants to be sexual. 
If you do the same kind of testing on women with female-centric porn, which is different than male-centric porn, and even in that, I think, would tell you that we're different, because women respond to different kinds of pornography than men do. But if you show women female-centric porn, they too will show blood flow to their genitals. They will be aroused. And if you ask them how they feel time and time again, they'll say, I'm not really feeling much, and I'm really thinking, like, is he a nice guy, or will we get along, or has he got another girlfriend, or, you know, how come his hair is like that? So women, and this is, this is inherent to the species, no matter culture, doesn't matter. Women tend to become sexually aroused and then start thinking before they allow themselves to fully release the openness to being sexual. Men look at something sexual and kind of think, wow, that would be fun to do, and they don't think much further than that. Okay. And... And so, let me just, so, yeah. so uh, here's an example. So a guy sees a hot woman on the street, and he thinks, wow, she's got a great butt. Wow, I'd like to go tell her to talk to her. I wonder if she's, look at that other part on her. Oh, right, I'm married. Oh, yeah, I forgot. Oh, well, I can't go talk to her. Mm-hmm. A woman looks at that guy and thinks, wow, he's got a great butt. Wow, look, I, I wonder how that sweater would look on my husband. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Tends to be more like that. Okay, so I have a question, though. So let's back up 5,000 years or we're in it, whenever we can go back to that sort of the mind-body split in Western why? culture. Because here's what. Because I'm thinking we have had a patriarchal view of sexuality that has involved death to the female. (laughs) You don't get to have no impulse control control as a female. So I'm just saying, I'm curious about, is it really wired in the DNA or is it a cultural thing? Women are wired to think, and this makes perfect sense. You can understand this because a thousand years ago, the woman who just went for the sexual experience, she got raped. Or she ended up with a baby that she couldn't carry to term or someone wasn't there for her. But the woman who assessed in her head before she went and was sexual that that guy might stay with her or might be safe or might be, she ended up carrying on the gene pool. So, and you can see even in our culture, you know, the woman who just walks in a dark alley with a couple of guys and isn't thinking, she might get raped. The woman who says, oh, that's a cute guy, but I don't know him very well. We just walked out of the club. I think I'll stay around a bunch of people. She's the one who's going to be in better shape. Right. And also, if you think about, for example, and we know this, women have early sexual abuse or, or violence uh, to them toward them sexually, they will often not have what we call this inner detective. And oftentimes that's why you see a woman who's been abused early in life will end up, end up unfortunately, marrying an abusive partner or end up in the rape situation because she's missing this part. It's like it's taken away from her, and she walks into situations that a healthier woman would know better than to walk into. But this also plays out in relationships. Yeah, yeah, got it. This is, these are great distinctions, important differentiations for us to understand. And, you know, we value that sort of that male sexuality above the, the feminine restraint. There is sort of an implied cultural, well, for a lot of folks, right? We've honored that, you know, in some ways. Yes? And let me ask you, uh, just give you a very concrete sort of way of thinking about this. Why do you think? Men like to get a few drinks in a woman before they really start going after flirting with her because once she has a few drinks, that thinking part of her is not as active and she's more likely to go along with what she feels. Got it. So um, I don't know if we have time or maybe we should wait to the next segment to talk about how that ties together with cheating. I think we should get there now. Cause that's okay, so yeah, yeah. if you can think about a guy who goes to Vegas and is having a lap dance with a bunch of friends at a bachelor party, and he's thinking, oh, I think this might upset my wife, but that doesn't matter. She won't, because he's not thinking, he's feeling. And, and he's saying, I'm just going along with the guys and do this, this will be fun. And I just won't let her know, because really, I don't want to upset her or get her. And so he's not really thinking at all. He is simply acting. Later on, he may regret or feel good or bad about what he did, but 
if he goes home and his female spouse finds out that he was sexual with another woman, regardless of the circumstances, she will see that as having some kind of emotional content. Because for her, being sexual doesn't really happen much unless it involves some kind of emotional content. So as it is hard for us to imagine what actually another person thinks about, it's hard for men to imagine how women really think and feel. It's hard for women to imagine how men really think and feel. He doesn't understand when he comes home. He's like, honey, I don't know this woman. It was just a BJ. You know, we were in the back room. I, there was a bunch of guys around. We were all drunk. What's the big deal? And she says, you ruined my life. I thought I knew you. What happened to all the promises we made? What about our family? What about our commitment? So to her, it's such a larger issue than simply um, I, you got off with someone. It's why weren't you thinking about me? Do you not love me? Do you not care about your family? It's a much bigger emotional issue. For him, it's like, well, I, I played a good tennis match and I won. You know, why do you care? Mm -hmm. On some level. Mm -hmm. um, so it is easier for men to have casual, disconnected sexual experiences without necessarily putting in an emotional connection, right. much harder for women. So one of the things I love that you talk about in your book, however, is sort of breaking through. If it's so casual and if it's no big deal, why not just tell your partner, hey, I had some sex. What's the big problem? Why, why is that a problem well, because us, it's right? because, you're li because you've lied to them. But why? Um, my why lie? I think the, the better question, you, now that's a good question. The better question is when you're making your commitments and vows, why don't you say to your partner, hey, honey, you know, when I've been in long-term relationships before, and occasionally I go out and do this and that. It doesn't mean anything to me, and I hope it doesn't bother you, and, and let's look forward to our relationship. He knows that she's going to say, no, I'm not going to marry you. I'm not going to have a commitment with you. You're going to fool around with other women. That's not most of the time. She's going to say, or at least he believes, he believes she's going to say that there's no way. And so he feels like he's never going to get one of those cookies <laughs> unless he pulls it out of the jar and doesn't let her know. My whole, I just wrote a blog about this week, which is all over Psychology Day, called, called Sexual Integrity. And I would wonder about what our relationships would be like if we talked about who we really are, what we really do sexually before we get committed. <laughs> yeah. Wouldn't that be exciting? We're going to try that. And by the way, if you have a list out or your phone out, write that down. Because if you're not in a relationship, I call this front-loading. Really good to actually know who you are and who you're with and what you want instead of sorting that out later, yeah? If you're into feet, if you're into whatever, you know, let the person know. And if, guess what, if they're not going to like it and they're going to leave you, it's so much easier and everyone happens after the third date than it happens five years in. Right. Unfortunately, I think we have a culture where on both ends we work so hard to put our best self forward to try to sell ourselves with that person. But that's not intimate. You know, on some level, intimate is also letting the person know what's underneath, the parts you're afraid you'll be abandoned about, the parts that you think no one will love you for. Mm -hmm. And um, and you know what? She may not decide to stay with you if you have occasional casual affairs, and then you get to decide, is that really important to me? Mm -hmm. But at least it gets discussed. And, you know, I think marriage counseling, for example, I've been in marriage counseling. I know that, I mean, the early part where you go before you get married, mm -hmm. you know, where every couple has to go, and they ask you about finances, and they ask you about do you want to have a baby because you don't want to have a child that really breaks up a relationship, but do they ask you how do you feel about cheating and infidelity? Are you into feet or leather? Nobody talks about it. We don't talk about sex before we get into relationships. We have it, but we don't talk about it. And then when something unusual or different that we didn't expect happens in the relationship, we say, oh, my gosh. How could that have happened? I thought you loved me, or why didn't I know that about you? Well, because we didn't talk about it. Mm -hmm. And so the maturity is really not just for the male to bear the brunt no. of. We need to, both men and women, whatever your gender, whatever your sexual orientation, this is a call to maturity across the board, right? 
Sexual integrity is book number 10. I'm working on I will oh, get there. Yeah. All right. But I think okay. the idea of sexual integrity, um, by the way, I've asked audiences of women, because you know I do a lot of teaching for therapists, mm-hmm. and I've said to 300 female therapists, so if a guy came up and you were in love and everything was great and you had kids, you know, each had a kid and it was the best thing since sliced bread, and he said to you, well, I do these occasional things, would you mind, would you still be in a relationship with him? And every woman in the audience says no. Yeah, they all say immediately, no, well, Matt, I knew that about him. And then I say, okay, same guy five years later, you didn't know, and now you find out. How do you feel about that? And then they all get really quiet. Yeah. All right, we're going to go to break. We're going to come back. We're going to talk about what happens when you do find out your man is cheating. Where do we go from there? How do we heal? Don't touch that dial. We'll be right back right here on Marion Live. I don't want to date anymore. What? Did you break up again? You said he's perfect. Well, I don't blame you. My last date lasted two minutes at a speed dating event. Are you still looking for the one? There are millions of singles looking for soulmates. Actually, drama-free love. Worry no more. Nine international relationship experts collaborated to bring you secrets to drama-free love. Proven solutions that singles use to help them find, catch, and keep the right relationship. Get your copy of Secrets to Drama-Free Love at Amazon.com now. We've We've ordered ordered No More More Love Love Life Life Drama Drama for Us. Shh, over here. Here's a secret for a virus-free computer. ESET. They've been a pioneer in the antivirus industry for over 25 years. 25 years of innovative, top-rated antivirus protection. ESET's award-winning security solutions provide a safe online experience for over 100 million home and business computer owners. They are so affordable, fast, and simple to use. So be gone, you blue screen of death. ESET's on my computer. If it's not on yours, visit HealthyLife.net's advertiser page and click on ESET now. Did you know that in seven minutes you might save $522 on car insurance? Well, this makes sense. Since 21st Century Insurance's company's website has been rated number one in responsiveness by Keynote. Serving customers since 1958, 21st Century Insurance has a 24-7 online policy and claim service. You can get a quote fast and easy, so get your quote by visiting HealthyLife.net's advertiser page and click right on the 21st Century Insurance banner. More exhilarating talk. HealthyLife.net. Welcome back, everybody. I mean, does anybody know how to get into a relationship? Yeah, yeah, you have, you see somebody across the room, your heart thumps, you, you know, turn into a noodle, you have sex, and you're like, I know this is the one. We have everything in common. I mean, I've heard this story. We've heard this story a million times. And then we wake up, and the real us comes forward, and then somebody cheats, and everything falls apart. So here we are. We've got your book, and we've got a plan for this. The first bit that we cover that we need to do is we need to spend some time being willing to be honest in your book getting real yeah getting real so here we are somebody cheated it's the guy in this scenario in this book which is pretty typical but what do we do where do we go from there everybody's got hurt feelings and you know goes into denial and spins around where do we go next well i think for the woman it's most important that she hold on to her experience meaning that's the highfalutin therapy words for if she's pissed she should be pissed and don't let her talk you out of being pissed. You know, and, and I, I, let me explain angry. I think angry is 
um, you know, I don't want you sleeping with me in this house. I don't want you sleeping with me in this room. Uh, I don't want you sleeping with this bed. Um, you know, I want us to be in counseling. I don't want to talk to you except about stuff we have to do. You know, that, you know, I'm going to, I want to talk to my girlfriends about this or my sister. Um, that's healthy angry. Um, just a, a point when, when your man cheats and you go and tell your mother and his boss and your four-year-old children, that's not really healthy because uh, you're setting up situations that are going to carry you into the future. If you do decide to heal this, you know, your mother's never going to forget that your kids are never, I mean, it's just not the situation you want to set up. But anyway, what I often, most often see is, you know, a guy cheated. I cheated on you. Uh, I cheated on you, Marianne, what, six weeks ago, two months ago? And I come home tonight. It's been six weeks. And you told me to get the groceries, and I got the groceries, and I've had a really hard day, and I've been really busy, and now I'm running 20 minutes late, and I got these arms for the groceries, and I walk in, and you're like, you've been feeding again. And I'm like, what are you talking about? I went to get the groceries. And you say, you're 20 minutes late. And when you used to be 20 minutes late, I know what you were doing, and I know what you're doing tonight. Now, it doesn't matter how much I believe that I was doing the right thing, that I was doing everything. You know, what I need to understand as a man is there's a larger context in this situation than I'm tired and I have groceries and I've done a nice thing for you by buying them. The larger context for the man who's cheated for the next year is you're in the doghouse. She gets to be angry. She gets to be pissed. She gets to be hurt. She gets to be unpredictable. She gets to love you one day and hate you the next. And your job is just to show up and tell the truth and be honest and be a decent stand-up guy. And if you tell your truth and you are honest and you are a stand-up guy, eventually over time, within a year or so, I promise you, much longer than you wanted to, she will slowly get less angry because she will beginning be beginning to trust you again. It's the men who say, oh, it wasn't a big deal, or, honey, I'm going to give you candy flowers and take you to Jamaica and everything's going to be better, or don't be so angry. It's been three months. When are you going to get over it? Those are the guys who are just making their misery worse. A woman has a right. Men need to understand how painful this is for a woman, that this particular issue for women, the violation of their home and their family life, it's not just, I, you went off somewhere and did this to someone. It's a much bigger issue for her. It's going to be more painful for her. And so what you might see saying that could be easily written off, it didn't make, wasn't really a big deal to you, it doesn't mean that it's not a big deal to her. And you're never going to be able to explain to her, no matter how hard you try, sir, that this was not a big deal. Because to her, it is. And when you get what a big deal it is to her, then you begin to understand how to heal the relationship. Mm -hmm. This is a great explanation. And the, Thank you. Que the question that comes up for me next is, do you find in your 25 years experience um, that men typically want to just move on or do they really want to look at what's underneath the hood? Okay, right. Uh -uh. So, so this is the big well, problem. Well, I would say this problem. applies to men. I would say once you're involved in an affair or something meaningful to you, you know, you, most people are confronted with a crisis and they're just sort of living their lives. I mean, whatever the crisis is, they want their lives to go on the way they were, you know. Um, most women who are betrayed sexually or romantically, what they really want is on some level everything to go back the way it was. I mean, they really don't because now they know something's going on they didn't know about, but they want the peace and the quiet. They're partially furious that this thing got dumped on them, right. and they're, they thought their life was going pretty well, and now they've got to deal with it. Yeah, so, so this next piece is not easy because it involves a man having to really, like you say, look himself in the mirror. Beyond himself, he's in the doghouse, right? He's this is and he's no longer an equal in the relationship. Mm -hmm. That's what you give up, guys. When you cheat, you give up your quality in the relationship. Mm -hmm. But what that means is trust. Once broken, is impossible to restore. Mm -hmm. um, you can break a plate, 
and you can glue it back together, and you can use it, but you'll always see the crack. And for a woman, you have to, and this is part of what I really think men need to understand, and then you can make whatever choices you want. If you cheat on a woman and she finds out, she will never look at you in the same way ever for the rest of your life, and your relationship will never be the same. It may be different, it may be better, but it won't be the same. That naive sense of trust that she had, that you'll have her back, whatever, that you, above all people, would never be someone who would deliberately go and do something that would hurt her, now she knows that you can, you will, and you have. Mm-hmm. So the relationship will change, it will shift, but to understand that that looking up at you, that sense of real trust, almost childlike in a man or a woman, when they're first really believing in that other person, that's going to go away and that won't come back. Mm-hmm. That's what's at stake, people. So if you are thinking about clicking yes, swipe left, meet me here, you know, <laughs> rethink that, just, just pause. For those of you who have made this, error uh, in judgment, uh, lost your ability to control your impulses, wherever you find yourself on the spectrum, or if you are the person that has been betrayed, listen, there is a path for healing. It is Absolutely. not, yeah, th- 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 this is not an easy path, but you know, quite frankly, I- I'm, I'm interested in debunking that whole idea that in a weekend you, you go to a workshop and everything's going to be okay. This is a process, no. right? This is... I'm sorry, wait, wait, wait. Let me say something about that. And yeah. in fact, it will say something about that forever. Our minds and our bodies, same function. You break your arm, no workshop's going to heal my arm in a weekend. It's going to take six months to a year for my arm to have fun- full functionality. You wound my brain or my emotional self, which is my brain, it's going to take a long time to heal. Workshops are helpful. Setting my arm in the right way is helpful, but it doesn't help it heal in a week. Yeah, sorry, I just need to throw that no, out. No, well said. Really important. And for those of us who like to be. You know, we have that, that television movie mentality. You know, this is not, this is real life, and we have to understand that uh, despite our hopeful um, disposition, that's not the reality of this situation. So, all right. There might be good days. I mean, people who are in pain still have a good day with the kids. I mean, every life, they, I think one of the things I want women to hear is that you don't have to give up on a guy who's cheated. I, I don't think that that is a make it or break it issue. You know, what's, at, what's make it or break it? Can he be honest? Can he be? Can you trust him again? Can his word matter to you and you come to believe in him again? Mm-hmm. Can he be willing to be the man in terms of being truthful, honest, and having integrity that you would want in your life? That's what matters going yeah. forward. And so let's just throw down a couple of scenarios of what that might look like. Because I like versus a picture this, the, the real nitty-gritty, which is maybe, you know what, I am... I am still feeling these impulses. I, I'm having, I'm struggling. I had a rough Good. day. I don't know what's happening for me. I, this guy keeps, something is calling me to this, and I need some support, honey. I can't I do want this to tell on you my exactly. Own. I'll tell you my own. So you asked me if I cheated. Now I'm going to tell you my story really quickly. I've been in a marriage. I am married to a man, so I've been in a relationship. Again, I've been together almost 17 years. Um, and, uh, we were very committed from the very beginning. We lived together, share everything, you know, married now, of course. And um, about four or five years of the relationship, I met this really fascinating other person. And all of a sudden, this is absolutely true, of course, I found us, we were taking long walks in the hills, and we were having conversations, and everything felt better and enlightened. And I was like, ooh, you're really special. And he's like, you, you're really special. And, and I knew what comes next. And I said, I think we need to talk about this. I'm having feelings like I want to cheat. Uh Uh-oh, when we go to break here, everybody's going to wonder what happened to the rest of this story. Don't touch that dial. We're going to be back in just a minute. Uh, The end of the story with Robert Weiss right here on Marianne Live. Back in just a minute.
I don't want to date anymore. What? Did you break up again? You said he's perfect. Well, I don't blame you. My last date lasted two minutes at a speed dating event. Are you still looking for the one? There are millions of singles looking for soulmates. Actually, drama-free love. Worry no more. Nine international relationship experts collaborated to bring you secrets to drama-free love. Proven solutions that singles use to help them find, catch, and keep the right relationship. Get your copy of Secrets to Drama-Free Love at Amazon.com now. We've, We've ordered, ordered no, no more love, love life, life drama, drama for us. MarianneLive.com is where you can go to keep up to date with what and where relationship expert, author, and radio host Marianne Camarado is appearing next. Besides Marianne's three radio shows weekdays on HealthyLife.net, you can find out details about upcoming or ongoing seminars and workshops. How about information for ordering copies of books or DVDs? That's also available at MarianneLive.com. Find out about core certification, certificate of responsible relationships, www.marianlive.com. Core certification, learning tools to attract, build, and sustain great relationships. Also sign up for Marianne's newsletter to be informed about upcoming events and possible workshops or speaking engagements in the Northern California area. www.marianlive.com. What does HealthyLife.net and Amazon.com have in common? Well, they're both available on the Internet. They both give great value. But most important, most of our positive program hosts and guests are accomplished authors. And their books are available from, you got it, Amazon.com. Now it even gets better than that. Because when you're listening on air to a HealthyLife.net host or guest, you can go directly to Amazon.com and you can order your book while you're still listening to your favorite HealthyLife.net program. So when you hear an author you like, go to the homepage of HealthyLife.net and click on Amazon.com. HealthyLife.net, the positive radio network. All right, I just got some great advice during the break. Don't hit your partner if they cheat on you. Okay, yes. just know You will go to jail. <laughs> yes. He will stand back, and then you will be Right, all right. So where we left off, if you're just joining us, Robert Weiss is in the house. We're talking about his new book, Out of the Doghouse, a step-by-step relationship-saving guide for men caught cheating. All right, you were telling us your story. There you are in the woods, in the hills. Oh, hills are alive, right? You've got this guy. You're like, hmm, I'm married, but this feels good, looks good, smells good. Maybe it is good, huh? What happened? I don't know if it would have been good or not, but what I did decide to do because of my own belief systems and work is I went back to my relationship of, at that time, five years, marital relationship, and I said, I'm thinking about cheating, and I don't want to do it without your permission, but I want to have sex with this person, I want to spend time with this person, I want to see what it's about, I'm having these really strong feelings, and what I watch with this person I love and have spent all these years with fall apart in front of me, literally, you know, start weeping. Our dog came over and put his head in his lap. I was like, and as if, you know, I can still see the picture 10 years later. And, and you know, I didn't cheat. I didn't go and do that because I all of a sudden had, first of all, that was, I just want to say this. People think intimacy is about sex. That was probably the most intimate thing I ever did in this relationship was being willing to risk rejection from both parties. I might end up with neither of them. Um, and I'm not trying to, like, um, put myself on a flag here and wave myself around. I'm just saying, like, I think this is the way to do it because 
when I saw his face, when I saw what he went through, when I saw the response, I thought, wow, I really love this person, and I don't want to see them in this kind of pain, and I would be the source of this kind of pain. And that led me to take a step back and say, you know, maybe this isn't a good idea. But it's because I risked being honest first. And this is what I say to every man who walks in my office. You want to see prostitutes? You want to have an affair? You want to... Great, just run it by your wife. I don't have a problem with it. Okay with exactly, right. And they look at me like I have three eyes because, you know, there wasn't a person who says, don't do that. But they're the one that's made the agreement to her, so why are they asking me for help? Yeah, you know what I mean? exactly. I do know what you mean. And everybody out there, I mean, if you're not crying, you're making some serious notes, getting a copy of this book, because this is the new paradigm of relationship. We're redefining yes, it is. We, things this are, is what monogamish is yes, all about. That's right. So the, the thing is there is a solution. It includes changing our orientation to just about everything when it relates to relationships. Well, not ever, not all of our orientation. I mean, that word is a little weighted, but I okay. would say, so I'm not changing my orientation, but I will say that it's about changing. Oh, yeah, how, got it. <laughs> it's about having more respect about the commitments we make to the people that we love, not only after we make them, but in going into making them and deciding, you know, do I want to have integrity in this relationship? Okay, well, so for me, it's a radical epistemological shift. <laughs> oh, okay. So, well, it kind of is. If you but think you're in San Francisco. It. Doesn't everybody tell the truth better? <laughs> I wish we did. All right, for everybody else out there who's just struggling, thinking, okay, this all sounds so good. It seems possible. It actually is possible. Yeah. You know? Most relationships heal. About 85% of the couples I see who are dealing with infidelity stay together because they have so much more that they are staying together for. Yeah. And so the question is, how do they get through the spirit of pain and hurt if they're going to stay together in as uh, gentle and real a way as possible and grow beyond it? Mm-hmm. And that's what Doc House is about. Yeah, so let's, as we come up to the top of the hour, let's, let's give... I'm going to miss you. I know. No, this you and fun. I, we're staying on. If you guys want to stay on with us, uh, even though there's another person, we're, we're going to continue this radio show. I don't know how. We're going to get online somewhere. But We'll, we'll but, do more. The conversation we'll more. is definitely not over. Um, one of the, my favorite things about the book, I, I created something called a consciousness agreement. It's very Californian. Uh, you have something called a commitment plan, which is very specific and beautiful. And even just hearing those words might inspire you all to be thinking right now, wow, we can create a plan of action together, right? We get And every this. man is thinking, commitment plan, can I run the other way, please? Yeah, right. <laughs> and yes, you can. You can run the other way. Just tell the truth about can. it. <laughs> I'm going to run now. I'm feeling whatever I'm feeling now. You know, honesty is the way through. The truth will set you free. Okay, so let's talk about commitment plan a little bit as we come up to the top of the hour, and then we'll, we'll leave these folks with some advice, including getting a copy of your book. Well, I, I want to ask you what made what you struck what struck you about this commitment plan because you're the one who's really taking with you know uh, this kind of way of thinking. Sure. Okay. Well, what occurred to me when I read it was I felt like when I was cheated on uh, myself and then I'm sorry. No, it's thank you. Not no. Yeah, thanks. It was awful. It was awful for everyone. I felt, and, and can I just say something about that before yeah. you move on? When I give the talk about this, or when people read this book, I get letters from women who say I was cheated on 20 years ago. And I didn't take the time to realize how pain, how traumatized I was by that experience because I had kids and family and blah, blah, blah. And now I'm reading this. I'm realizing how much that hurt me 
I'm also hearing from men who say, you know, 20 years ago I lost a marriage that I realized I didn't have to lose, and I'm so sad I'm reading your book that I made these mistakes okay. back then. And that's kind of golden for so me. So here's know. what you and I are going to do. I'm going to do the, I have this idea for a television show, and it's based on the following really quick story. So my first love actually found me about six months ago. And he came, and he found me, and he had left the country, and he apologized. But the interesting thing was, was it wasn't just unilateral. I was able to see my part in that, and not that this is, that's a whole other conversation, but what happened was, is it gave me a sense of feeling like there was a we in this. And so the commitment plan, to jump back over, the commitment plan feels like it's a we proposition. It's something Mm -hmm. we're both creating so we can both get our needs met. That's what I love most about it. Later. After you stop hating me. Yeah. Because in the beginning, and and I like that you said that you'd not seen her talk to him for a while. Because had he come back and apologized, you know, three weeks later or three months later, you would have been like, F you, and now you've had ten years (laughs) or whatever to think about it. So I agree with you that, and, and by the way, that's probably toward the end of the book. Yeah. Because in the beginning, basically, I think women need to feel the right to be angry for as long as they need to be and whatever they need to be as long as they're not being violent. And um, and a man needs to understand he's in the doghouse and he needs to take that for a lot longer than he believes he should or wants to. Um, and then eventually they may get to a point where they can sit down and say, okay, there's going to be a we and how do we move forward? Mm-hmm. But first... In the beginning, he, she's, her basic line is, I hate you, you ruined my life. And his basic line is, won't you please forgive me, I didn't really mean it. And that's really all they say to each other for six months in various ways. And that's <laughs> a good thing. And there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, yeah. Rinse and repeat, people, because that is what's going to help you get to that, that place where you're both standing there clean and free. Yes? Can I say one thing to support women? Yes. I often find that women who are concerned that their man is cheating do something we call detective work. And so they will go through his cell phone bill, they'll go through his browser history, they will find out, you know, his credit card, and they'll go through, and and a lot of times they will feel crazy doing that, like, you know, what's wrong with me? And I just want to say, it's very normal and healthy for you to want to understand what your experience has been. You now found out that all this stuff is going on, or has gone, you don't know what it is, and it directly affected your life. So, of course, you would want to look through and find out what has been going on, and that's not crazy, that's healthy. Thank you. But he won't like it. Yeah, and you know, more of these really important insights are available uh, in Robert's book, Out of the Doghouse. You just want to get a copy. I'm going to have him back. Don't worry. There will be more of him. He's got more support for you. We are at the top of the hour. What do you want to leave us with? Um, I really believe that there's room for women to take a step forward and be more empowered in ways that they haven't before. And that's really what I want to say, is that I think that it was lovely that women said, well, we're going to put it on pantsuits and not have you objectify our bodies, and then that got reclaimed in the 90s for Sex in the City. I'm waiting for re- women to reclaim their com- that their strengths of compassion and community building and relationship are the things that women do far better than men, that those are equally as valued as men being, men being assertive or men being in leadership roles in the way that women need to lead the way they lead. And I'm looking forward to the day when we're celebrating that, rather than women trying to be men. Thank you for that. It was a beautiful, beautiful parting word. So how's that? Yeah, no, that's gorgeous. <laughs> I'll, I'll take that to the bank and everybody else. All right, we're going to go back for our wraps. Don't worry, we'll be right back right after these messages. Thanks for joining us, Robert. And uh, don't touch that down. We'll be right back.
everybody. I'm relationship expert and radio talk show host Marianne Camarado. And I'm David Raynaud. We want to talk to you for a minute about the changing world of dating and relationships and how self-inquiry can help. Honey, did you know that 44% of the U.S. population is single and over 50% end in divorce? Yet, we spend an average of one-third of our lives trying to find a great relationship or get help with the ones we already have. Yep, that's exactly why we created the first ever of its kind, the Great Relationships Begin Within Self-Inquiry Divination Deck, because we know what it takes to attract and create a healthy, fulfilling, sustainable relationship. And it's really simple. Sit quietly, close your eyes, turn your attention inward, and draw a card. You can go online right now and get a free reading on Marianne Live and try out the cards. And for under $20, what better way to give yourself a gift of your own attention? We wish you every blessing. We'll see you next time. Check out MarianneLive.com. Stuff, stuff, stuff. Where can I contain all of my stuff? Hmm, how about this? The Container Store, the original storage and organization store. And I found their link on the HealthyLife.net advertiser page. They have containers for everything, including the kitchen, the bathroom, trash and recycling, traveling, spring cleaning, and dorm rooms. Just about everything you can think of to contain your stuff. The Container Store, right on the HealthyLife.net advertiser page. HealthyLife.net, where positive overcomes negative. Wow. Okay. That was not enough for any of us. We're like, wait, wait, wait. Yep, we're talking. We're going to talk more. We're going to do a blog. We're going to do a podcast. This is a conversation that needs to be had. Robert Weiss's book, Out of the Doghouse, you want to get a copy, no doubt, for sure. Thanks for joining us today, everybody. And uh, next week, Kathy Wilds. Her book is Wild Ideas, Creativity from the Inside Out. She's going to be joining us 10 a.m. right here on Mary Ann Live. In the meantime... Last part of your practice, go do something good for somebody else. Don't let them know you did it. Pass it on. Pay it forward, all that good stuff. In the meantime, be gentle with yourself. Healing from a broken heart, a cheating relationship is no easy thing. Uh, but you do have a chance now, and uh, there is hope. All right, everybody. Blessings until next time. Take good care.